Hello, Make It So listeners. I want to take you back to a very special moment in podcast history. You see, back in mm, 2006, I think it was, there were no Star Trek shows. Kind of find that hard to believe, but there were no Star Trek shows. There was sort of one show that did some Star Trek with sort of a general sci-fi point of view, but there were no shows about Star Trek. There were fan fiction shows. They existed at that point. But as I might have said, there were no shows about Star Trek. So Mr. Mike Dawson and I had this idea. We, I think we kind of had it at simultaneous moments and we kind of both blurted it out at the same time. Let's, let's do a Star Trek show. And so we did a Star Trek show and it was called Make It So. Here it is. This is going to be episode one. I can't even remember a single thing about this. I think we probably recorded it at Mike and Craig's house in Leeds. I think towards the end of October 2006. We'd already been going with movies you should see for some time. And that was going pretty well. So we wanted to branch out. And Star Trek seemed like a, a really good way to do it. If you want to hear any of the other episodes of, Mo- of uh, Make It So. All you have to do. Go and visit simplysyndicator.com slash show slash make it so. And you'll see the whole list of, of episodes that we did there. They're all available for 99 pence each or as part of your Simply Everything subscription. See simplysyndicated.com slash everything for details on that. That allows you access to our entire back catalogue. And in fact, the fabled season three of Make It So. These are 12 episodes we recorded last year that have never been released as a podcast. They're all available on that website as well. So go and check that out along with our movie specials that we did. I think we got them all finished. Yes, there is Nemesis, the last one we did it. Um, after watching Generations several times because we're idiots. You, you'll get the story. Just go and listen to the shows. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy because I, I know nothing about it. Maybe it's rubbish. Probably is. We did it. We did it like nine years ago, eight, nine years ago now. So it'd be awful. But this is Make It So episode one. We'll be back later with another classic episode of Make It So. Uh, check your podcast feed for that, I suppose. Anyway, bye. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to Make It So, the new Star Trek podcast. From the people who brought you movies you should see on Simply Syndicated, namely us, we now bring you our Star Trek podcast. So hello to any Trekkies, Trekkers and general Star Trek fans who've joined us. And also hello to our solid audience base from Movies You Should See. Those of you who could be bothered to come over to the Star Trek bit of things. Granted, probably a dedicated few. Yes. So let's talk about what we'll be doing in this podcast then. What's the point of this show? It's just general Star Trek conversation, I think, more than anything else. Um, before we go any further, I think we just take the time to introduce ourselves. My name is Tristan O'Field. I'm Richard Smith. And I'm Mike Dawson. So, uh, What qualifications have we got for judging Star Trek, really? We just watch it a lot. A really. lot? Yeah. It's been with us for years. I remember watching it as a child and then all through growing up and then meeting you guys and realising there were other people just as sad and compulsive as me. Yeah. Um, had similar experiences. I have to agree. Although I was never uncomfortable with liking Star Trek, I just didn't realise that there were others. Actually, I think the first time I met you, Tristan, there was a Star Trek reference involved. Was there really? See, yeah. I've never been the phrase. But, no. um don't be afraid. No, I was throwing darts, no. and I decided to throw it from 
the actual um, point at the I board. I made a Worf reference, and, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, and yes. Troy said, no, you're throwing it like Worf. And that was that was the first instance I ever met Tristan. That was way back, six years ago. That seems like yesterday, Mm. even though I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) So the show we're going to be doing, basically, we're not going to be reviewing Star Trek in in particular order or anything like that. We're going to be taking a topic for discussion every week and going with it. I think that's it. It's kind of like a pub conversation, but without the alcohol. Yes. Really? Yes. A chat around the table. Yeah. And um, if anyone has any ideas for topics for us to discuss in the weeks to come, please email them in. I think we'll have an email address of makeitso at simplysyndicated.com. Yeah. And that also a web page of simplysyndicated.com slash makeitso. Okay. Okay. So this okay. week's topic for discussion, the first ever Star Trek podcast topic for discussion is... Which one of the films is the best? Mm. Now you got 10 to pick from. So I'm going to level right in here and say Star Trek 2. Wrath of Khan, yep. See, I could have bet. In fact, people who didn't know tribes in the Amazon rainforest could have bet that you would have picked that as the best one. Yeah. Now, first contact. Probably because it it could be the best. It could be. First contact, be is that what you're saying? Is that I'm you're saying both? first contact. I'm very I'm, I'm, deeply in the first contact. I'm going to have to say that the first contact could possibly be the best Star Trek film. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. So it's up it's, against it's it's up against stiff competition because I think some of the did I really just say that? Yes. Did, yeah. Didn't I? Oh dear. Because I mean, Star Trek films are they generally they're on a level, aren't they? There's a level, and they're, they're, they're watchable, they're all right, they're enjoyable, we like them because they're Star Trek. I'm going to get hate mail already, and it's the first show. No, I think but it's then, perfectly fair to say that the majority of Star Trek films are solid three-star movies. See, that's a good way of putting it. That is a very good way of putting it. But then you've got things like First Contact, and you've got Wrath of Khan. Then they're just that notch-up. Mm, four-star really. films. Four-star yeah. films. Yeah. Are there any other four-star Star Trek films other than... Two and what number is I, first contact? Is ten. Ten. No. No, it's eight. eight. Yes. Um, I would argue that right. Okay, for me, let's let, let's go through the category <laughs> as it were, because you have um, really good Star Trek films. Two hey, two. Yeah, it could be categorized into two separate subgenres. Um, you have two, <laughs> it's three in this case. You have the really really good ones. Um, this is going to sound like the most obvious categorizing in the world now that I've said it. <laughs> the, ones the average that are okay, ones the ones that are and really the really bad. shit ones. Yeah. Just did you like, think okay, of well, that I did. I came up with that by myself. Um, it was a good night. Shows. I had to think of it. I had to think a long time for it. Um, Let's start with the really shit ones, Mike, because in there we're going to throw in Star Trek 1 straight yep. away, Star Trek 5. Yep. Okay, hit me more. I would. Five's easily the worst. Five is easily the worst. No, hang on. Oh, what we're know. actually doing is we're we're not including one. Yeah, well, that's kind of that was in there. I did throw that in. I think you just missed it. Sorry. Yeah, insurrection. There's, there's, you know, insurrection. That's fucking shit. That is a bag of spanners. It's yeah. not as bad as one. No. One is not only one of the worst Star Trek movies ever. It's it's fair to say it's one of the worst movies ever made. Fair, it is like fair however many minutes of driving. Yeah, it's just driving. Just driving. It's they just they just drive a long time. It's, it's weird because Kirk isn't captain of the Enterprise. Yep. 
he sort of takes that back in a very awkward way. Yeah. Which is not good. You've got the the captain who is a bit wanky and never really shows up. He never really shows up in any of the Star Trek universe stuff, only in in the first movie. Decker. Yeah, random uniform redesign. Yeah. yeah, the uniforms were shit. Not as bad as the um, original series, but they were pretty shit. And the strange bald woman. Yeah. Yes, strange bald woman. Who's dead now? What, in real life? Mm. All right. But Star Trek's very old. Yeah. Lots of people are dead now. It was 1978, wasn't it, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so Leonard think... Nemoy died years ago. They've just been keeping him in stasis since then. <laughs> so you think First Contact's the best one? No. No. Khan. Uh, Sorry, I think, I think Khan. First Contact's the best one. Well, let's go through them all. Let's go through, because we've got... Let's. Are we, are we, are we safe to say... One We're sticking with your one. three categories, Mike. Hey? We're sticking with your three categories. Right. Oh, yeah. We've okay. fair to say though, with the three categories, that one insurrection and five are our bags of shit. Yes. For the Star four, Trek films. Four, closely four. Four is. You can't forget four. Four is a bit four. shit. There are <laughs> whales here. <laughs> Four's a bit of a comedy. It's a bit shit. Mammoth um, Council in space. I, yeah, I think four kind of teeters on the edge, doesn't it? Okay. Really. Okay. Um, and then we're kind of into three. Um, oh shit! What the other ones? Nemesis. And Nemesis, yeah, Nemesis. Uh, generations, of course. Generations, yeah. In the middle, and then arguably, Wrath of Khan, First Contact, and Star Trek Six at the top. Yeah, well, Star Trek Six is very good. Yeah, it is. It's it's in the the higher end of the average to lower end of the very good. Yeah, yes. Star Trek yes, Six has never never really argued as the best one, but I've never met anyone who thought number six was the best. But, no, no, no. but I know Nicholas... a lot of people who think number six is top. Like Nicholas three. Meyer. Yeah, yeah, the best okay, director to ever touch Star Trek. Actually, Nicholas Meyer. God, he did so much for the program. Yeah, well, the movies, the franchise in, as a whole. Yeah, is he directing the next one? Because that was a big thing. That was, was a rumor. Real? Yeah. Think it's not is it true. written by J.J. Abrams or is he directing it or how is he going to fuck it up? Let, let's find out. I don't Matt know. Matt Damon as Kirk. Oh. Just, Kirk. just the whole going backwards thing. Did they not yeah. learn from Enterprise? We don't want to see what happened back then. We want to see more after Picard. Do you know what? I, yeah. The biggest problem I have with Matt Damon playing Kirk is that he is a big Hollywood actor and that throughout all of it, there's never really been any big Hollywood actors in it. Oh, I see what you mean. You're going to be looking... It's like Superman being played by an unknown. Exactly. You'll be seeing Matt Damon playing Kirk as opposed to... Kirk. Someone else playing Kirk. And yeah. that's really what I'd rather see. Or Kirk being played by someone else is probably would have been a better way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see the problem with that. It just remains to be seen what a hash of that they make. It might be good. It Plus, might be the most amazing fucking thing we've ever seen. It might well be. But it probably won't be. Well, Bill Shatner just is the only person who's ever played Kirk. And I always liked the fact that, you know, like loads of people have played Robin Hood, loads of people have played Sherlock Holmes, loads of people have played Superman, Spider-Man, you know, all the heroes but as a hero kirk has always been played by bill shatner i'm sure exactly. bill shatner liked it that way as well in all yeah fairness. <laughs> in fairness yes i think they should get him back yeah he's still fighting fit and young isn't he he's incredible <sighs> and i love yeah. his brown flakes commercials i i they came out i actually started eating brown flakes for a bit <laughs> 
until that morning when you go, no, this tastes like cardboard. (laughs) And it's keeping me way too regular. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they say regular, you think once a morning, they mean once an hour. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'd have liked to jump forward. Do you remember, Rich, do you remember in Enterprise, um, they did when they were, what was the war? Was it the Jurassic, oh God. I can't even write attention. The Drazi War, was it? No, that's Babylon 5. Yeah. Fuck, oh, I've just committed a big faux pas now. You're going to be dead within a week, mate. (laughs) Oh, mate, they're charging their phaser rifles now. It's when they went to find the Zindi. Yeah, thank you, Zindi. And the Enterprise J, that looks like a beast. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I would have have loved to have seen that bit. You just wanted to see it from the outside. That was all. Because all you saw was that schematic, didn't you? Yeah, put yeah. on the wall in a corridor. Yeah, yes. quite a let. It was cheap. Be let's be honest, it was cheap. The Star Trek franchise is worth to date about six billion dollars, and all they could afford to give us was a schematic on a wall of a corridor that was probably done by blue screen. I think it was probably worth twelve billion dollars before they made Enterprise. <laughs> Those producers just pissed uh, off Paramount, really. Yeah. What a bad idea that was. It was, yeah. Let's not get on to that. Let's save that for another show. That's another episode. On the movies, yeah. Okay, Mike, come on. Let rip. So why, why is two the why? best? Right, two. Two is the best because the dogfight in space is fucking awesome. The battle with the nebula, um, Spock's death. The um, just the grisliness of it and the violence of it and the rawness of it. The fact that in 1982, I believe, I'll be shot down for that one if I got that wrong. I think it's 1980, actually. Um, but <laughs> for that time, the special effects are still today look really good. The, the stuff in the nebula. and Yeah, I agree. That the, looks excellent. All of the model work still looks incredible, even today. Um, so the special effects took a big leap forward. And two is when, um, I think Nicholas Meyer said in one of the special features for the recent DVD release, was when the Star Trek franchise started to actually become what we know it as today, in that all of the, the elements, like the militaristic um, elements that came in, mm. like at that point... And that sort of carried on into it now. Like the, the they always had the ranks, and it's always been an analogy for uh, a nautical analogy. Uh, Star Trek has, and that's pushed it so very far in that direction. But they've, um, but they sort of they upped it in that one, and just little things like no smoking signs on the bridge and things like that. They made the world seem a lot more real to. I've never noticed the no smoking signs on the bridge. There's, look out for it. There's a no smoking sign on the bridge in Star Trek 2. It's only in that one. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking out of my ass. They put it up, but Gene Roddenberry made them take it down because um, no one would smoke in the 23rd century. Sure. That was his argument. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. So they had, yeah, they had it up briefly, but they made it, they made him take it down because of that. But that sort of little, little touches like, you know, fire extinguishers on the wall and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, I mean, if your computers are that prone to blowing up, you'd want to have them, you know, I think they even nearly went as far as having no sound in space. Nicholas Meyer wanted to go that far. And actually, Ooh, have, it would have been 2001 and painful. Yeah, but he did want to like take it to that sort of level, but the producers just never, never wanted to let it go that far. Plus, James Horner's score. 
and he does it, the score in Star Trek Three is better. Yeah. But, um, and those are the two ones that James Horner did. But um, James Horner's score for Star Trek Two is some of the well the best music that ever graced the Star Trek franchise from its inception to today. I totally agree with that. Yeah. That said, I do love the That's... opening theme tune to First Contact. First Contact. I have to say, it's so at the end when Zephram Cochran's meeting the Vulcan, it's just so touching. It really is. I think the score's incredible. I never moment, rated it. Never rated. It, I've never rated Jerry. I've yeah, really it's not. Because it's it's because it's very sentimental, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. That's why you don't like it. No, yeah. I've got that tone to it. Yeah. See, for never, me, it brings a little tear to my eye. Never got that. The the piece of music, the cue in particular, and I know it's not on Star Trek Two, but the cue in particular, which I always loved, was in Star Trek Three when they're taking, they're stealing the Enterprise. That music mm. cue, which I've been trying to get my hands on for fucking ages, but you can't get the Star Trek Three soundtrack for love nor money anymore, and it's not on their best of Star Trek album which i do own um unfortunately we was missing off that but that's the best cue i think personally in the whole of the star trek franchise that's that music just gets you going and nothing's moving particularly fast in that sequence nothing's like they're, they're slowly moving out of the space dock and everything and they're slowly chasing them and everything but it's such a tense sequence because of that piece of music and you know the door is mr scott hi sir i'm working on it <laughs> I don't know. I think one of the one of the great musical moments in Star Trek has got to be in Next Generation in the game, where Wesley drops down into the Jeffrey's tube. It's like dun, 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 as the um, as the the Jeffrey's tube doors open and Worf's there, like sticking his head in. Do you remember that, Rich? You I remember that. That's my all time favorite Star Trek yeah. moment. Yeah. It upsets me that my all time favorite Star Trek moment features Wesley Crusher, but <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. Worf's in it too and says, "Commander Riker, so I'll." I forgive myself. Now then, yeah. First Contact mm. is my favourite. Yeah. Because, first of all, the first time I saw it, it was fucking scary. I'm sorry, I thought, I think the Borg are some of the best bad characters that have ever been made in anything. I will agree That's with you. Statement, I will, I also think they fucked the Borg up right after Best of Both Worlds. Now, that this is one of those exp- those parts of star trek where we just forgo the continuity in the time not the continuity not the continuity the borg in the episode i can't remember what the episode's called in season two when they're first introduced and q shoves them to the other side of the galaxy and they meet them yeah that's that was wicked best of both worlds was incredible and probably the best episodes in next gen personally i I, well should be that's a debate for another episode (laughs) um they're they're wicked the once the whole hue thing happened and they then they made them individuals for the descent and they were just like any other alien and they were a bit shit and then they came back for first contact and you had the queen and again they were just once you knew that you could stop them because the thing in best of both worlds is that they literally get to the brink they're right on top of earth they're gonna kill everyone assimilate everyone and then just through a fluky, lucky twist, they manage to destroy them. They wipe out half the fleet at Wolf 359. Yeah, but this is the same as... Th- this is the difference between, like, the film Alien and Aliens, where in the first film, there's one, and it takes everything to kill it. And then in, this, in Aliens, there's eight million aliens, and they're shooting them well, right this is what I mean. Center. They stop being scary. 
For Do you think? They stopped being scary after Best of Both Worlds. When I watched Best of Both Worlds, I must have been about 10 on TV, and I was actually really scared because especially when they find the fleet all destroyed and so many ships been destroyed and like the Borg just, just completely unstoppable and you had no idea how they were going to actually eventually do it. And the the conclusion obviously is deceptively simple. Put sleep, them all to sleep. Data. Sleep. Sleep. But the... Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's exhausted. But... Yes, thank you, Dr. Crusher. Thank you for the obvious. <laughs> but the... Um... But yeah, the... The thing is that it, they stopped being they stopped being scary after that for me, and they didn't. Um, if they'd done a sort of remake of Best of Both Worlds with First Contact, which is what I was so hoping for, I think I would have really enjoyed it. But the whole going back in time and uh, I hate the time travel episodes and there's such potential to really guff it up when you do the time travel ones. Yeah, um, I didn't think they did that bad a job with it, to be perfectly honest. This was certainly one of the better times they've done it. Yeah, but I still don't like time travel in Star Trek. I just can't get past it. I, I really don't like it. I think Jonathan Frakes' direction is lacklustre. I think it's really... It doesn't... There's there's bits of it where they're storming the lower decks and um, all the Borgs are coming out left, right and centre and that sequence is so shit. There's a guy there's, sat down having a sandwich. One yeah. Of them's <laughs> one of them's having a fag, reading the sun. Some guy's the, getting his makeup touched up. Yeah, yeah, in the background. There's no urgency to it whatsoever. It really, it wound me up. This might be a nice point to jump in. One thing I've hated, which is only... I think has actually only happened with the next generation Star Trek films has been the need to ham it up that little bit, which you didn't get in the other Star Trek movies like data, saddle up, lock and load. And you're like, why? Yeah. Why have you done that to me? Why (laughs) have you hammed it up? Because I was really enjoying it till now. (laughs) Because it wouldn't be Star Trek if it was perfect. <laughs> that, that is the fact, though. That would be the subject of yet another show. Yeah. You know, part of the fun of Star Trek is the fact that it is far from perfect. It's full of holes. It's full of mistakes. And there's a whole subculture of fandom related to that. Mm. Yeah. I keep, every time I see it on Amazon, the nitpicker's guide to Star Trek. I've actually got two of got those it? editions. I've got the next-gen one and half of the Deep Space Nine ones. Oh, the there was one, one episode. There. Yeah, they did Deep Space Nine as well. There's one episode of Next Gen that didn't have a single continuity or problem in a single floor. Only one. Can you guess which one? You'll never get it. No. No, it's the one, oddly enough, because it's quite a technical episode. It's the one where Geordie is on the planet with the Romlian and they can't um, get beam them off because of the atmospheric storms. I know. And Geordie's using his visor, and he can see a beacon that Wesley sent down. That was the only the guy who wrote those books. I read that book cover to cover, and that was the only one where he couldn't find anything wrong with it. Technically, every other episode had something wrong with it. Bloody hell! Which is quite funny. But that's the fun thing with it. That's the fun thing with it. That's why we love it. Um, so, so why, why, why first contact? Why Come on, there must contact? be some good reasons. Because apart from the scariness and the score, I did like the Borg Queen to begin with. I mean, it's something that since they attacked it to death in Voyager, and quite frankly ruined the whole Borg Queen thing, um, that that that's been ruined. But it was it was good at the time, hmm. um, especially if you could skip past all the gadget shop special effects that were in that room as well. 
<clears throat> yeah, that was yeah. another thing. The back plate that Dave, his head's resting on and you can get that at the local gadget shop. That was just the worst thing I've ever seen. That was seen a bit stuff. shit. You know, that you'd have those little balls where you put your hand on it and the electrode would hit the... There's a name for them. I can't remember. I don't know what I don't is. know what they plasma are. Plasma balls. It's but, very simple. Yeah. Plasma balls. Balls of plasma. Balls of plasma. Yes. Which for the average hick living under a rock who doesn't even own a television would probably look quite impressive. But, the, you know, when the set designer said, oh, I've seen this wicked thing down a local shop. <laughs> I'll go buy a couple the of them and we'll shove them in. They can be computer processors. There was you know. a lava lamp on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a magic eight ball. Look, we've decorated the set with this really futuristic stuff. Oh, what, what is it? Um, Christmas lights. Christmas right. lights. Okay, good. No, no, I like it. It's nice. Uh, but I... I just find it the most fun and the most entertaining and the most, I don't know, it's almost as if you're witnessing a historical event, even though it's a film. It's a key moment. In the Star Trek history, yeah, yes. big turning point. We all love Deanna Troy being pissed. Yeah, that's good That's scene. a wicked scene. There's that's no time scene. to talk about time. time. We haven't got we, the time. The time. We that's like Stephen Cochran. Stephen Cochran. We like the fact that... He's the biggest fuckhead ever. Yeah. And he ushered in a new era. We like that. I we didn't like, the, like the fact that Geordie and Riker went up on that first mission up and they're constantly telling him what to do next. I said, shut up. Just let him do it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you think he did it without you before? No, yeah. he probably didn't. Um, <laughs> but You see, so are they in the original history now, like Captain Sisko and he's, what was it? When he became uh, the guy who forced the riots and did yeah. all that. Um, I'll bear with me. I'll get his name. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, he's a, he is Bell, that guy Gabriel now. Bell. Gabriel That's Bell. Gabriel Bell. It's good episode. Sort of good couple of episodes. Past tense, wasn't it? Past tense one or two. Yeah, I think In so. Season four, I believe. I broke my nose. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah. And I don't like your hat. It's one thing I really used to love about his wheezing. You know when he runs out of breath? Whenever when I don't do shit like a bat. I can't really breathe. Yeah, yeah. I love Cisco. I don't like your hat. He is amazing. And, 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 but I couldn't stop it. No, you yeah, can that, no. Yeah. That sequence as well, that was a really good Borg sequence when the fucking ship gets blown up in the, the very first scene of Deep Space Nine. When you actually see the Battle of War 359, yeah. that was awesome. It was a great movie. And so much better than the battle in First Contact. It was just a bit shit. No, it was not. Target the phases there at that critical point. Well, that it we, had to what, be short what critical point? Where, that, where did that come no, from? No, it wasn't a critical point. I can't speak. A critical point. It was a minor subsystem that they didn't think. That Picard knew about because yeah, Picard knew about, so it was a critical you point. You see, the beginning There's of the sequence really... there, that battle had to be short because it wasn't what the movie was about. Yeah, but that's what I wanted the movie to be about. Tough luck. I oh, know. That's why I don't <laughs> like it very much. Real nice scare with the Borg out the side of his face. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. No, I do like it. I just think it's a, full, a flawed film. It's oh, full no, of set certainly. pieces. It really is full of set pieces, but I do love... The deflector dish sequence. I think it's wicked. Mm. I really do. Just, oh, everything's so heavy. Oh, magnetic couplers. Ooh. Blatantly where a great deal of the money went. Yeah. Yes. I think yes. it was said that it went on that sequence and, of course, the opening battle sequence. Well, someone, a lot of them, um, someone wrote an article about um, 
problems within sci-fi. I can't remember where it was from um, off our forum, actually. I think someone posted a link to it, and one of them they pointed out was, so what, did the artificial gravity of the Enterprise stop at the hull? Was it just, just there? It just, just stops right at the hull? Doesn't, you know, leak out a little bit to outside, maybe? Or, no, of course it does Of course doesn't. not, no. No, of course no. not. And, um, <laughs> and why does everyone in space flow in, fall in slow motion, you know? Objects actually move faster in zero gravity because there's no friction, but for some reason it's always in slow motion. Never mind. Oh, Never nice. mind. That's just um, it is. so. That's a good section. Uh, that's a good set piece. Unfortunately, ruined by assimilate this. Yeah, Again, what, what, I what's, fucking what's love new? that line. Everyone's <laughs> back pissed to war, themselves, and he's got that arm tied round his leg, blocking the hole up, and yeah. he fires the shot. That's brilliant. That's classic um, wharf. That is. But the confrontation with Worf and Picard, excellent. If you were any other man, I'd kill you where you stand, and you know he's not lying. Mm. And you know he'd do it in a really gruesome way, like just with his finger and thumb. See, I always thought Worf was a bit of a pussy. Um, because See, there's no, one... because when his wife... I, there was an episode that I, I didn't even realise had ever been made, um, and I saw it when they were doing a rerun on BBC Two, which was the one where... Um, I think it's where you meet Alexander for the first time and Worf's um, wi- old wife, ex-wife, gets killed. And do you remember? He's over yeah, the, yeah, that's good the one. body of the guy's about to do it. And they burst in and Riker goes, Worf! And you think, oh, it's Star Trek. You know, of course they're going to stop him. And he just goes, bang, straight through the throat. Bat left, dead. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Yeah, that was a good Lucky. scene. And his roar was good in that one. Unlike yeah, when Dax died. Yeah, his have been a bit... The other that was awful. And when Martok, when he not Martok, when he killed um, Galron as well, that should have been excellent. But when he killed Galron, it was bad again. Mm. You know, I heard the other day Michael Dawn actually his forehead is stained white now. Is it from all the glue and stuff like that? It's actually permanently bleached his skin. Crazy. Yeah, that's what you get for being Worf. Yeah. So why is First Contact better than Wrath of Khan? Because I've put in a couple of arguments here as to why. Well, I think what we've shown is that each of them have big set pieces, big key moments, and it's really with these two. I think it's just down to personal preference. Fair enough. I don't have an argument that proves that First Contact is better than Wrath of Khan. Right. But I just prefer it. And I think I think it, out of all the films, those are the two ones that people will pick. No one's going to go, I love Star Trek Three the best. I really like Star Trek 3. But not the best. No. There you go. That's the only odd-numbered one that I think... I think the whole odd-number, even-number Star Trek theory, the odd-numbers are crap, the even-numbers are good theory, kind of half works, but 3 and 4 should have been swapped around. Yeah. Because I think 3 is a lot better than 4. I was almost about to say... better than 4, but... I was about to say, it, it might almost be down to... It's not even down to which series you prefer, because I know you don't prefer the original series, Mike. No, I because, do prefer the original series movies, though. Mm, well, you know, I was going to say it just depends. It's because they're all a collection of moments, aren't they? And mm. it's whether you prefer the confrontation between Picard and Worf or whether you prefer, you know, uh, Kirk and Spock's death. I have been and always shall be. Or friend, you know, it's an awesome sequence. It's brilliant. That actually um, still makes me cry. Come on, yeah. First Contact doesn't have um, still. Oh, friend, 
He yeah, managed to kill doesn't. just about everyone else, but like a poor marksman, you keep missing the target. Doesn't no, but that, what it does what I mean? have, it does have, is they invade our space and we fall back. They simply to tie words and we fall back. Not again. The light must be drawn. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way he goes. Yeah. As only Patrick Stewart can. As only Patrick yeah. Stewart can. And well, the staggered speech patterns, only Bill Shannon can. Yeah. Well, we could agree that First Contact is the best of the next-gen films and Wrath of Khan is the best of the original series films. That's, that's, that's a happy compromise. That's yeah, a nice happy compromise. compromise. Yeah, yeah and go with See, that. I should have been a negotiator. I should work for the UN. That's another matter. Yeah. That's <laughs> another matter and a subject for a different podcast. So with that, shall we wrap this up? Yep. So this has been episode one of Make It So. See you next week. See See you you next week. week.